Welcome back to a new week of Blake's Take, giving you my take on local and national sports from the Willamette Valley and beyond. Hope you're having a terrific one today. We are going to get started with some big historic news with one of the most prolific careers in NFL history coming to an end. As New Orleans Saints legend quarterback Drew Brees announcing Sunday that he has decided to retire after 20 seasons. Breeze's four children, Balin, Bowen, Callan, and Rylan, announced in a video after 15 years with the Saints and 20 years in the NFL, our dad is finally going to retire so he can spend more time with us. Yay! Breeze went on to stay after 20 years as a player in the NFL and 15 years as a Saint. It is time I retire from the game of football. Each day, I poured my heart and soul into being your quarterback till the very end. I exhausted myself to give everything I had to the Saints organization, my team, and the great city of New Orleans. We shared some amazing moments together, many of which are emblazoned in our hearts and minds and will forever be a part of us. You have molded me, strengthened me, inspired me, and given me a lifetime of memories. My goal for the last 15 years was striving to give you everything you have given me and more. I am only retiring from playing football. I am not retiring from New Orleans. This is not goodbye, rather a new beginning. Now my real life's work begins. Breeze, who at 42 retires as the NFL's all-time leader in career passing yards with 80,358 and ranks second all-time only behind Tom Brady in passing touchdowns with 571. And completion percentage was 67.7% over his whole career. More importantly though, Breeze will always be remembered for helping to revive the Saints franchise and the city of New Orleans in the tragedy of what was Hurricane Katrina when he and coach Sean Payton arrived in 2006 in which they led the Saints to the NFC Championship in that first year and then would go on to win their one and only Super Bowl together in the franchise history three years later. With Breeze Breeze being named the game's MVP. And now, of course, the rest is history. Breeze finished his career with a record of 172 and 114 losses as a starting quarterback in the regular season while he was 9-9 in the postseason. He was 142-86 and and 9-8 in 15 years with the Saints, and producing some of the most electrifying offenses the game has ever seen. Breeze threw for over 5,000 yards in a season on five separate occasions, while no other quarterback has done it more than once. He also holds the top three single-season completion percentages in NFL history. There is no question that Bree's legacy has long been secured as one of the all-time greats. You can argue all day whether he is top five all-time or not, but that's for a separate day. Let's just praise and respect all this man has accomplished in the National Football League over the course of his illustrious career. 
What a career by Drew Brees. The amount of impact he had on the city of New Orleans when he came. Bringing that city a championship was probably the most exciting and thrilling thing he could have done for anyone in any NFL team at that time, especially in any city. That was such a meaningful win for both the city of New Orleans and the New Orleans Saints. Just a sign of recovery and that everything was going to be all right. Showed so much prosperness and obviously now Breeze has been their greatest player of all time and he just led them to so many incredible moments. Although he only got one championship, that championship was so meaningful and it will go down in history as one of the greatest, most meaningful seasons of all time. And as far as his career, he will be remembered forever by the city of New Orleans and the NFL for his incredible impact both on and off the field. As far as NFL free agency, the Patriots went out and made some big moves today, proving Bill Belichick's championship mindset to still be present. First up, we got former Tennessee Titans tight end, Junu Smith, who reached an agreement with the New England Patriots on a four-year, $50 million deal that includes $31.25 million fully guaranteed. The Patriots entered, entered Monday with the NFL's leaders in salary cap space and were motivated to address the tight end position as life after Rob Gronkowski, the Gronk, the, one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history, has been a challenge for them at having the fewest receptions, receiving yards and targets, and receiving touchdowns from tight ends in the entire NFL. They are like the worst in all categories, so this was an important pickup. Smith took advantage of being the Titans' primary tight end last year by, by scoring a career-best eight touchdowns, all of which came in the red zone, while the Patriots just had seven red zone touchdown receptions as a team all of last season, worst in the NFL, so I'm pretty sure this guy will pick up the slack. This is a great pickup offensively for the Patriots and will really help and shorten that void that they have at the tight end position with the loss of Gronk and hopefully Cam Newton can improve to hit this elite target. On to another great offensive weapon in the past game for the Pats with them signing Nelson Aguilar to a two-year deal worth $26 million. He was the most efficient wideout on the Raiders roster, scoring a touchdown in eight of the Raiders' 16 games, so half of the season, basically. The eight touchdown catches tied his career high, while he also reached the career highs in receiving yards with 896 and receptions with 48. The Patriots also spent just an incredible amount on uh, tr trying to acquire him and proved to him that he is worth much in this league after the Raiders only gave him a million-dollar prove-it contract. And he definitely proved his presence last year, and he's about to get paid and be on a new thriving roster in the New England Patriots. But the Patriots didn't all, didn't only pick up offensive weapons, they also got a great, great defensive pickup with former Baltimore Ravens linebacker Matthew Judon signing a four-year $56 million deal with the Pats worth $32 million guaranteed. Judon is a two-time Pro Bowl outside linebacker who has been the Ravens' best pass rusher over the past three seasons with 30 and a half sacks since 2017, which is the most on the Ravens roster during that span. Judon was one of the of three outside linebackers to produce at least 50 tackles, five sacks, and 20 quarterback hits in the 2020 season, being joined by only Zadarius Smith and TJ Watt. 
So great defensive and offensive pickups for the Pats, really using their salary cap to their advantage, acquiring some solid players in an attempt to rebuild a championship caliber team. It's looking exciting for the Pats. Uh, their free agency, they're making big, bold moves because they want to be a big, bold team in this league. So I'm all for it. So go Pats, and hopefully they make a great, solid team that they surround Cam Newton with. Some incredible targets, and then also defensively start to rebuild back up their elite defense that they once had. As far as NBA, we had a battle of NYC last night with the dominant Brooklyn Nets and championship favorites taking on the solid New York Knicks and Julius Randle with their squad taking it down in Brooklyn. The Nets were on fire early, making 70% of their shots, taking a five point lead just after one quarter. They then open the second with a 14-2 spurt to take a 49-32 lead, taking an 18-point lead overall with just under two minutes to go. However, the Knicks got a late half push to shorten the deficit to just 12, going into the half only down 55-67. to However, the Nets then came out fire hot again in the second half, extending their lead to 18 once again in the third quarter. However, the Knicks then put together a heck of a fourth quarter run, battling all the way to put this game within three after a dunk by Randall that made it 115-112. Then, Tom Dimido successfully challenged a foul call on RJ Barrett with 7.7 seconds left, remaining forcing a jump ball that the Knicks ultimately won, yet Julius Randle was then controversially called for a travel, which led the Knicks to a frustrating close loss after Randle lost the ball and dribbled again after a jump shot that he thought was a foul by Kyrie Irving in his closeout, but it ultimately wasn't, and that was a very unfortunate loss. Close almost took down the championship favorites. They almost capped off an incredible comeback, but better look next time against this incredible force in Brooklyn. It seems that we almost forget now that the Nets still have the greatest scores of all time and KD on their squad, with them just having so much success with Carden and Kyrie alone. They're just an unstoppable force with all three of them in the lineup, not to mention Blake Griffin still has yet to play on their team. So they are just unstoppable, and Harden and Kyrie are proven to be great leaders and just ultimate scorers. And when the KD comes back and Blake Griffin's fully healthy, this team there's just no stopping this team. Now on to some news that will shake up the NBA MVP race with the Philadelphia 76ers star Joel Embiid suffering from a bone bruise on his left knee. Very unfortunate news there. An MRI overnight revealed no structural damage to the knee that Embiid hyperextended and a victory over the Washington Wizards on Friday night. Embiid left Friday night's game when he hyperextended his left knee after landing it with all his weight on his leg after a dunk in the third quarter. Embiid was in the midst of his latest dominating performance to contribute to his MVP caliber season, scoring 23 points on 8 for 11 shooting to go along with 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 blocks in just 20 minutes played until he caught that pass from Tobias Harris and flew in for a dunk but ultimately landed on his knee with just 6 minutes remaining in the game. Embiid will be reevaluated in two weeks, which will hopefully reveal some positive news. 
This is a very unfortunate loss for the Eastern Conference leaders, and hopefully they will be able to adjust and try and continue to move forward in the wake of this tragic injury of their best player and the NBA's MVP favorite. This is really going to shake up the MVP race, may put LeBron back into the favorite spot, could bring also some other players up into the race like Harden, and could bring up Dame, try, I truly believe he's a very good MVP candidate. Always underrated, but he has a chance. And then also Steph Curry. I know they've been struggling, but Steph is doing the best he can. His leadership and his ultimate scoring is doing well, but he's going to have to try and step it up in the second half of the season. But I feel as though Harden could be, with all his triple-doubles and stuff like that, I think he could sneak his way into this MVP race and be get some steal some votes for some favorites like LeBron and Joel Embiid. So we'll see how it turns out. And best wishes and uh, good luck to his recovery in for one Joel Embiid. As far as MLB, before we head to local sports, we have to talk about this Lewis Gilmore's wild 22 pitch at bat. 22 pitches. Oh my gosh. Against Jordan Hicks. Goldemore fouled off 16 pitches, including 9 straight before getting a ball four call. And it wasn't easy with him just seeing 10 pitches that were over 99 miles an hour throughout this at bat. It's pretty cool, Gulamar said, said. I'm just happy I ended with the walk because I would have got out. That would have been not fun for me. All that worked for nothing, but you know, it's pretty cool that I got on base. Hicks did everything in his power that he could, mixing in fastballs that clocked in as high as over 100 miles an hour, with his fastest being 101.4. And then with sliders that range from 83.2 to 91.9 miles an hour. And also a couple of changeups in there. Mixing in everything he could to try and strike this guy out or just get the out. But he couldn't take him down. And it was a rude welcome back to, for him. who, With Hicks just being his first out pitcher against his first batter since 2019 after his Tommy John surgery. He got pulled after that at bat, so Golomar was the only batter that he faced, and he did quite a fine job. So shout out to both him and Hicks in an incredible effort and an exciting display of disciplined baseball and just all-around fun. So that was a great at bat to see. Uh, it was just great action. Back and forth, the dugouts were going wild. It was a really fun sight to see. And it turned out fun for the batter and him getting on base. So I thought I'd just toss that little fun segment in with the MLB as we approach opening day on April 1st. As far as local sports, the NCAA Tournament 68-team bracket is set, and we got the first-round matchups for both the Ducks and the Pac-12 champ Oregon State Beavers. The Ducks are a 7 seed in the West and will take on the 10 seed VCU, while the Bees are a 12 seed in the Midwest and will take on the 5 seed Tennessee. I believe that Oregon will bounce back and the Bees will continue to push their momentum from their incredible performance and incredible hype from the Pac-12 tournament, and they will take down this solid SEC team in Tennessee. 
The bees are looking strong. The ducks are looking to bounce back. I think it's going to be a great tournament for both of these teams, and I hope they make a good run at it because it's March. Anything can happen, and these teams are motivated ones, and they're going to make a good run at it. So excited to see them this weekend. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you enjoyed all of that local and national sports. And uh, you can tune in to me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. Congratulations to Drew Brees on an incredible career. That was a fun little thing about the at-bats and stuff. Incredible pickups for the Patriots in their attempt to rebuild. And good luck and good wishes for both Joel Embiid in his recovery and Oregon and Oregon State in the NCAA tournament. Hope you all enjoyed all of that. And I'm going to catch you all in the next one. Have a great rest of your night.